We want to see the body minister. We want to see people minister to, to the body more and more. Amen? You know, as we come, we don't come to receive. We come to give. And that's a, that's a shift in our mindset that we come to give. As soon as, as soon as we see someone, we come to give love and we come to give support. We come to give encouragement. As we worship through song, it's not the only way that we worship, but as we worship through song with their position of our hearts, we come to give Him the adoration that He alone is due. Amen? Hey, we've got a couple of announcements. Actually, we've got too many announcements this morning. <laughs> you know how good I am with announcements. Um, there, there is an information table down the back, and so what we're trying to do is, is you know, um, all the bulletins and all the information and stuff will be down the back every week. You know, just as you come and you bring your offerings for those that are, are, are new or visiting, we don't, we um, pass something around, we come and we bring it. In the same way, we're just trying to get you to go to the information table to get some information. Make sure you grab the bulletin, though, because it's got everything in it, and you should be getting a weekly email. And if, you, if, if you're not getting that weekly email, please give us your email address through a contact form at the back, and we will make sure you get a weekly email because it keeps you in the loop. Because, I mean, this week, there's everything happening. That, you know, next, uh, tomorrow night, there's, um, um, the women are getting together for um, an hour of power, an hour of prayer together. Uh, Tuesday, the playgroup's back up. Wednesday, there's the women's connection. There's home groups happening. There's youth group happening. There's all this stuff happening. And the only way is if you grab, um, if, is if we have your email or you grab a bulletin. Um, next Sunday, um, there is a combined gathering um, from 6 p.m. at BCC with a barbecue from 5. So we always support that. Um, so we will be there um, next Sunday, the 10th. And also next Sunday, the 10th at 3, was it 3? There's a welcome and newcomers afternoon tea at the Hub. So please see Guy. He's got some invitations somewhere. Stand up, Guy. There you go. Please see Guy. He's got some invitations. The last one was great. The shepherding team put that on. It was great last time. Uh, next Saturday, there is a marriage workshop. So uh, strengthening marriages. So if you... Um, if you... <laughs> If you uh, want to be a part of that, please put your name down. Um, if we don't have enough for this Saturday, we'll put it off for a couple of weeks. But we would really love that to happen because we believe that marriages need to be strengthened. Amen? Amen. We've got a few people contributing into that. Um, and so that would be great. Um, there's also, um, on the back of the identity workshop that we had a few weeks ago, there's a follow-up one called um, Kingdom Living. So um, that's also down the back if you want to put your name down um, about living in, um, in the kingdom of God. That would be great. That's on a Tuesday night for three weeks. Um, I think that's about it. What have I got written down? Isn't it great when you can't read your own writing? Um, there's a list of, uh, that's right, there's a list of areas where, uh, there's a list of areas where you can help out. We would love to have some more people on the serving team. Um, we need a couple of home groups happening. Um, there's some other areas. Tammy needs a couple extra helpers at the hub. Um, so if you can put your name down on the back, that would be that would be awesome. And the last call is for the shoeboxes. Hands up who took a shoebox. Uh, the shoeboxes need to be back. So if uh, they're not back today, um, then you need to bring them to the hub this week. Um, and that at the last, 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 last resort, back here next Sunday. 
But if you could take them to the hub um, that during the week, that would be awesome. Otherwise, uh, bring them back here next Sunday is our last call for the shoeboxes because they're being collected and taken to Brisbane and then from Brisbane they go off and away they go. Is that all the announcements? That'll do. Jin Jin Home Group tomorrow night. See, I knew I'd forget something. Jin Jin Home Group tomorrow night at the Prayer and Healing Centre at Jin Jin. Bring and share meal from 6 o'clock. If you want to go out from Bundaberg to Jin Jin and encourage the people out there, that's great. Um, yeah, that happens on the first Monday of every month. There's also a worship night happening out there in October. And then we're back to Childers in November to do another worship night on the back of what God is doing out there. So that's awesome. Okay, I think that's, um, that's it now. So it is, um, it is uh, school holidays and we like to, um, normally the kids would go out, but obviously we, we like to give our willing helpers a break. Um, so there are some kids' toys down there and some colouring in sheets, if parents, if you need them. Um, otherwise, we're going to get into the Word. Oh, you can't, you can't really see that picture very well, can you? It's a picture of the Avengers. Anyone ever seen the Avengers movie? Any of them? Just one of them? Hands up who's seen them all. There's a few. <laughs> yeah, I, I should put my hand up too, probably. Um, isn't it funny when God speaks to you through stuff? Just does anyone ever have that? Besides me? Anyone weird like me? That God uh, uses movies and other things to speak to you? Yeah, okay. So, um, and, I, and of course we back it up with the Word of God. We're not just talking about a movie here. So Lord, we want to thank you that you are creative, that you spoke and you created the heavens and the earth. And we see the beautiful tapestry. We see the, the, the tapestry of colors and plants and animals and bird life, God. We thank you. But Lord, we thank you that you are uh, moving in this region that you've planted us in. From the north to the south and the east to the west, God, you are moving. And Lord, we are here today because you are moving. We are here today to lift up the name of Jesus. We are here today from the north, the south, and the east and the west. We come from all four corners, in a sense, to praise your name. And we do declare, as we sang, one name, Jesus. Amen? There is one name, Jesus. We unite under the name of Jesus with the cause of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us. We thank you that you will speak to us this morning. We ask that you would shift what needs to be shifted. You would move what needs to be moved in our thinking, in our thought process, God, in our hearts. God, that we would further align ourselves with you and your kingdom plans in these days. Amen. Amen. Hey, so over, over history, there have been many calls that go out. There's been calls for all kinds of things that go out. And there's another call that's going out. And it's really funny. Because when, when God starts to do something, or, or, or when He starts to highlight something, is maybe a better way of putting it, you start to hear it everywhere, amen? I was talking to someone in America this week, hearing the same thing. Someone from the UK contacted me this week, saying the same thing. Talking to friends in other states, saying the same thing. And I guess it's one of those things, you know, that let, let, let him who, who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, Amen? Because I believe, as many others do, that there's spiritually there is a call that is going out right now, and that call is to assemble. 
not assemble just for the sake of assembling. Not just so we get in a little circle and we just go round and round and round. But to assemble under the name of Jesus and to assemble with, you know, that we from that place, that we would carry out the assignments and the tasks and the opportunities that God has for us collectively. Amen? We've seen and, and we still do see that people, you know, that, that people just do their own thing. But there is a definite call happening right now in the body of Christ, the need to assemble. And you can see that through what the enemy is doing. Why? Because the enemy is trying to divide. He's trying to, um, you know, put a wedge in, in between people. Um, he's trying to uh, disconnect people. And he's trying to discourage people. But what, why? Because God is actually saying, you know what, I, I want my people to unite. It is my heart that people would come together as family. And it is my heart that people would carry hope. Amen? And, re, and remember, hope is not just a, I hope so. Gee, I really hope that happens. But it is a desire of something good with an expectation that it will happen. Amen? With an earnest expectation. You're not just hoping for something, go, gee, I hope so. But there's an earnest expectation in your spirit that what you are hoping for, you're actually going to see. And is there anyone else that is carrying hope in their heart today? Is there anyone else that is carrying hope in your heart for what God is going to do in this region and this nation? You see, we gather to assemble and encourage one another in the Lord and to hear what God is saying because God is, God is on the move and we need to look at Him. And, and what prayer said is right. You know, we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen? We so need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. So it's kind of like where to start today without taking too long. Because wherever I've trod this week, there's been different conversations. There's been conversations of apostolic hubs of transformation. There's been conversations about David's army. There's been conversations over unity and family, people talking about revival. There's been conversations about the Avengers. And there's even been conversations about the, the Tower of Babel and Pentecost and what they have in common. Have a think about that one. Oh, Rosalind's got it already. I can't say enough that family is the key. At every circle, your family, this family, the church's family, family is the key. There is no doubt about that. I was speaking to Katie Barker on the phone yesterday about something else, and she said that, you know, that the Lord had been speaking to her about these hubs are going to be homes because it's about family. And I'm like, bingo. God is moving us forward, amen? We believe that. God is moving us forward. I want to start with Amos 5.5. 5. That's where we're going to start. Hands up who reads the book of Amos. Oh, we've got, a, we got, we got, we got some people. Come on. And it says in 5.5, 5, the Lord says to the house of Israel. Don't you love that? He just, the house. Oh, there's, there's something in that. And he says, seek me and live. What a great reminder for us today. Seek me and live. Seek the Lord and live. Amen. 
He goes on to say, do not seek Bethel or go to Gilgal or journey to Bathsheba. For Gilgal will go into exile, Bethel will come to nothing, but rather seek the Lord and live. You see, those three places were of spiritual significance to the people of Israel. Amen? You with me? Bethel, Genesis 28, if you want to write this down, go and have a read of it later, was a place of encounter. It was where Jacob met with God under an open heaven. Amen? That's Bethel. Gilgal was a place where they were, you know, where they were camped as they were to enter into the promised land. It is where Joshua met with the Lord and about the instructions to go into Jericho and to start taking the land. And Beersheba, we're probably a bit more familiar with that one because we talk about the wells of Beersheba, yeah? In fact, we, we, we still hear about the wells. So they're a place of wells where Abraham, it was about covenant and it was about promise, amen? So these three geographical places were, had spiritual significance for the people of Israel. But the Lord is saying, I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to focus on that. I want you to seek me and live, amen? Why? Because he's wanting to lead us forward. I love the vision that May had some time ago about she saw a train and it was going toot toot and it was something along the lines of that it, was, that, that, that it went past Pentecost. And she's going, Lord, why are we going past Pentecost? And the Lord said, because I'm taking you to the fullness of my glory. So the Lord is saying to us, I want, I want you to seek me and live. Because His glory will manifest through family. That is one of the things I'm totally convinced about, that God's glory will manifest through family. Amen? He, he, he keeps taking me back to the word from 2003, which I've mentioned before. So I won't go into detail. But it was about the fact that the Lord was saying that He could bring revival like that, but that He was looking for a people that would be a holy habitation. That His love and His presence and His glory would remain and abide in that place. That it would not just be a place of visitation for 12 months and then it would disappear, but rather it would be a place of holy habitation. And I believe in these days that right across the, the, the whole earth, from the north to the south and the east and the west, that God is calling people to connect, to assemble, to be family. And that amongst us, and when I say us, I don't just mean us, but those that gather and assemble as family, that there will be a holy habitation of His presence and His love and His glory that will not stop. Why should it stop? Do we read the book of Acts and we go, they had a good 12 months and then it stopped? Anybody? No? We read in the book of Acts... That as the Spirit had been poured out, that was the start, but they went from glory to glory to glory. The gospel went from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Yes, there were challenges. Yes, there were obstacles. But you know what? They kept their eyes on Jesus and they went, you know what? We're just going to keep preaching the kingdom. We're just going to keep demonstrating the kingdom. And, you know, people were just coming to know Jesus left, right and center. It didn't stop. And it hasn't stopped. So are we content with just a visitation or do we want to be a holy habitation? I've got a few people saying habitation. 
Amen. God is drawing people as individuals together to be a people collective. You know, it says it in 1 Peter 3. Uh, 1 Peter 2. But you, and that's a plural, that's not just you as a singular, but that is you as a plural, are a chosen race or a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Isn't it good when we gather to praise? Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, God is taking a people as individuals and making them a people collectively. It's the ecclesia. It's the covenanted people of God together. Amen? I want to reinforce this morning as we get into some more scripture that this assembling is not a stagnant thing. This assembling is not so, you know, that, so that one church gets really big and, you know, and, and they just become insular. No, no, no. This, this assembling is because we have a cause and we have a purpose. Amen? The fivefold ministries were given not to just come and just to, you know, just to play happy church. No, no, they will come to actually raise up the army of God to actually make a difference. And so this assembling is actually happening because God is saying, you know what? Those words that I've spoken about being, um, being a region of transformation, I don't want to just speak them. I want to see them. And we don't want to just speak them. We want to see them. Amen? Hands up. Who wants to see their community changed? By the love and the power and the grace of Jesus. Amen. Addictions broken. Families reconciled in Jesus' name. That the blind would see, that the lame would walk in Jesus' name. A resurrection of the dead. Who's seen a resurrection of the dead? One. Two. I've got a friend of mine that, that saw a resurrection of the dead, but I personally haven't seen that. I'm like, well, come on. Transformation of people's lives. Addictions broken. Our alcoholism, drug addiction, broken in Jesus' name. We heard a great testimony from Brother Carsten last week about his daughter in rehab and the fact that she gave her life to Jesus. And we continue to stand with him and his daughter to see total restoration and reconciliation in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, our God is into transformation. So we're not just assembling for the sake of assembling. But, you know, but if you talk to commanders in the army, there is actually a purpose to assembling. There, there has to be a connection because otherwise the right arm just goes off and does what the right arm does and there's a disconnection to the body. And this is why it's important at every level that there is a connection. There's a connection within your family. There's a connection within this family. And there's a connection within the family of the body of Christ within this region together so that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing and we can work together for the cause of the kingdom. Is there an Amen. Oh, so what do these apostolic hubs and David's army and the Avengers have in common? Zip. They have lots in common. You see, they are all made up of different people from different backgrounds with different gifts coming together for a common cause. Amen. But the key is that they become family. It's not just about ministry. It's not just about opportunities, but it's about family. Amen? 
Think about the Avengers for the minute. And I'm sorry for those people that haven't seen the Avengers movies. So you're just going to have to let me unpack it just for a brief minute. The Avengers are full of people who were a bit different. Hands up, who's different? Yes. <laughs> they were a bit different. And some of them had really weird gifts. And some people think the gifts of the Holy Spirit are really weird. That's normal. God's normal. They had a, The people in the Avengers actually had egos. They actually had egos. It was like Iron Man thinking he was the best. And when he and Captain America was like, there was a bit of, you know, friction between them because, because of that. There, was, there, were, there were people that did certain things on their own. And the, the overarching kind of um, organization, which was called S.H.I.E.L.D., actually brought these individuals with all these gifts and all this weirdness and all these different perspectives, and yes, even with all these egos, and they made them into a family. And it wasn't until the end of the end, the end game, that they realized that how they needed each other, that they could not do it by themselves. They needed one another. Amen? You see, there's something, the Lord has been giving me the word synergy this week. And I'm like, what does synergy even mean? Because I'm not really a word person in that context. So I had to look up what synergy meant. And what synergy means in a really simple way is, is, is that the power of, of people working together, or the sum of it, the power of it is so much greater than just people doing their individual things separately. That is synergy. The Avengers had a synergy. They came together to defeat the enemy, but they had to realize they needed each other to do it. And we have to realize as the body of Christ that we need each other. You know, when, when one falls, one picks them up. When one stumbles, the other is there to catch them. When, when, when someone is wounded on the sideline, someone can step into their gap for a time until they're restored or healed, whatever the case may be. There's so much that they have in common. But we've got to get the order right. This is one of the things that the Lord has been really speaking to me. And to me, this is just reinforcing a lot of stuff. But, it's, but there's always more layers, isn't there? There's like an onion. Sometimes you go, yeah, I've got that, Lord. And then a bit later you go, oh, no, I actually didn't have that. He takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. And we have to get the order right. Because the order is important. You see, because some people's focus is on ministry. It's about ministry, 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 ministry. But the order's wrong. Because it starts, where does it start? It starts with our relationship with Jesus. Amen? Intimacy leads to ministry. Because if you're just ministry, ministry, ministry focused, guess what happens? You get burnt out. You run out of steam. Because you're not connected into the source. It has to be about Intimacy. And this is what Jesus was saying when he was talking to me, like um, at the home of Mary and Martha. In Luke chapter 10, most of you would know the story. Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. We must never lose the place of sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to what he says. Amen? But Martha was distracted. Man, isn't that the world today? Hands up who struggles sometimes with distraction. Something always wants to get in to, to try and distract you. And some of the things may even be good things. 
but they can still be distracting. And Martha was distracted by her many tasks and she came up and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And the Lord said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. Nowhere in that passage did Jesus say, I I don't want you to serve. Because Scripture interprets Scripture. We see that the Lord calls us to serve. He calls us to minister. He calls us. But the foundation of it has to be intimacy with Jesus. It has to be about your relationship with Him. And if you continue to stay plugged into the source, the life source, that is Jesus Christ, because He is the branch, um, uh, sorry, He is the vine and we are the branch, amen. If you stay connected in that way, His life and His love and His grace and His spirit will flow through you and through you and through you. And that's why according to Jeremiah 17, that even in a year of drought, you can still prosper and you can still bear fruit because you are plugged into Him, amen. So in the same way that 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 true ministry comes out of intimacy in the same way that transformation and ministry as a whole has to come out of family. The church has been really good over decades of seeing someone walk through the front door and another person walking out the back door. Of The church has been really good, unfortunately, about someone coming down the front and making a decision for Jesus, but they were never discipled, they never had good foundations, and five years later they were back where they used to be. That has to change, and the only way it can change is if we become a family, a family where everybody plays a part where people are discipling people, where people are standing with people, where people are praying with people. That is the only way, amen? The body is meant to care for itself. If you are meant to care for one another, is there an amen? But this synergy, this, this coming together collectively as a people is, 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 is huge. And it's no wonder the enemy wants, us, wants to keep us as individuals. So let's talk about the Tower of Babel for a minute. In Genesis 11... I'm just going to touch on it so you can read it at home if you want to. It said, The whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. Yeah, thank you for that word. See, I told you I'm not good with words. As people migrated from the east, they found in the valley the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to each other, Come, let us make oven-fired bricks. They used brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top into the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves. You see, the power of unity, but the wrong motive. Let us make a name for ourselves. Uh Uh-uh. God said, I would not give my glory to another. God comes in but because he, he sees that he sees what can be accomplished when people become one. Amen? What can be accomplished when people start getting united and they start working together as one? It's amazing. And God says, the Lord came down and looked over the city and the tower that the humans were building and he said, if they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible. What a statement to grab hold of. God is saying, if they, if they are working together as one, then nothing is impossible. God said it. 
What a statement to grab hold of. What a revelation. No wonder the enemy wants to divide and disconnect. Because he knows, because it's written. So we know the story. God came down and confused their language and they couldn't communicate the way that they communicated. But guess what happened at Pentecost? The Spirit of God was poured out. And everyone began to hear the gospel in their own language. There was a receiving of the Spirit, and the Spirit, where there'd been, people couldn't understand, all of a sudden there was an understanding. And you know what? Even, and, and I have found that true in my life. I remember the, the church that we used to pastor, or one of the churches back in Tassie, had a Korean congregation. And some, some of them used to just come and sit and be a part, and they also had their own stuff that they were doing. And I remember talking to one of them one day, and you just knew that you were brothers in Christ because the Spirit was, was speaking. And through an, interpret, through an interpreter, this is what he said to me. He says, I have no idea what you are saying, but I know it's good. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was speaking and he was receiving when the Spirit of God was poured out, there'd been a separation, but all of a sudden the people were being brought back to one. But the key was that they were now one under Jesus Christ. It was not a one, we're going to make our name great. It was, we are going to make the name of Jesus great. We are going to exalt the name of Jesus. We are going to magnify the name of Jesus. We are going to stand together for the cause of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Is there, an, is there a louder Amen. We should get really excited about that. So if it's true that nothing is impossible, then what are we going to do about it? You see, we need to assemble. And in the assembling, the Lord will connect hearts and the Lord will create family and the Lord will create teams and then the Lord will create connections and out of those connections, things will just start to happen. Amen? To see a coming together of this sort, to see a family, we're always going to need humility. We can't be like the Avengers and have our own egos. We're going to need humility. Different ministries that have been doing their own thing as the Lord starts to connect people together. You know, can I just share something with you, with you that the Lord spoke to me yesterday? Is that right? As I was praying into this yesterday, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time in my lounge room yesterday afternoon with the Lord, <laughs> he said to me that actually some fellowships will actually combine to become one. That where there's been a division or a misunderstanding between two people and Kathy's gone, I'm just going to go and start my own ministry, I'm just going to go start my own church, it happens all over Australia. The Lord said, I am reversing that. We're going to have to get over egos. 
We're going to have to get over it's my ministry to it's actually, it's my family. We're going to need humility, we're going to need love, and we're going to need honour. In Ephesians chapter 4, I love Ephesians chapter 4, along with many other <laughs> chapters. And Paul is saying, as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live worthy of the calling that you have received with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. You know what? We need to keep bearing with one another in love. Amen? Yep. Making every effort. You know what? We've got to do that sometimes. We've got to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace because there is one body and one Spirit just as you were called to one hope at your calling. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. Amen? We're going to need that. In, in uh, Romans chapter 12, Paul's speaking to the church in, in Rome and he says to honour one another above yourselves. You prefer the other person over yourself. They're coming in so you make room for them so that they can find space. You don't step in front of them and try to jostle. You actually step back and you allow room for them to come in. Amen? We're going to need humility. We're going to need greater humility, greater love and greater honour. And we, and we need maturity. We need maturity for, because our identity is not wrapped up in what we do. Amen? Our, our identity is not wrapped, in, wrapped up in what we do. Our identity is in Christ. Our identity is in Him. And His life is being expressed through us. That's why we don't need to jostle for position because the identity is not wrapped up in that. You know, one of the things as a soccer coach, which is not always taken too well by every player, is that sometimes you have to shuffle them into a different position. Particularly when they're young. They're 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years of age. Because why? Because everyone wants to score the goal. But no one wants to be the goalkeeper. It is true. Very few people want to be the goalkeeper. Most people want to be the person that kicks the ball and sticks it in the back of the net. But you know what? The goalkeeper, the fullback, the defender, the midfielder, every part is needed because, because without every part, there's no team. And you know what? When your striker scores the goal, guess what? You all score the goal. Because it's team. Amen? And sometimes it's like that in the body of Christ. You know, you meet people and you go, oh, I want to do this. And I'm going, but it's not really. Just look. You've got a half of this. Everyone can see it. It just, it just flows through you. Oh, but I want to do this. You know? So we're going to need humility. We're going to need love. We're going to need to, to bear with one another. We're going to need these things because we need to learn to work together as a team. Amen? Okay, second last one. Let's look at David's army. In 1, uh, 1, 1 Chronicles 12, we're getting there. Am I making any sense today? Okay. In 1 Chronicles 12, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because there's a lot in there and there's a lot of names in there that I probably can't even pronounce. true. Steve, maybe, just maybe you want to have a go at pronouncing these names. No, okay, right here. One, 1 Chronicles 12. The following were the men who came to David at Ziklag while he was a band from the presence of Saul, son of Kish. 
They were among the warriors who helped him in battle. They were archers who could either use their right hand or their left hand to sling both stones and shoot arrows with a bow. That's pretty good. Right hand, left hand, stones, arrows, pretty good. And it says that they were Saul's relatives from Benjamin. If we kept reading through 1 Chronicles 12, we see that some Gadites defected to David at his stronghold, and these were valiant warriors trained for battle. They were expert with a shield and a spear. Different people, different giftings. In, chapter, uh, in uh, verse 16, other, other Benjamites and men from Judah also came and defected to David at the stronghold. And David went out to them and he said, If you've come in peace to help me, my heart will be united with you. You see, this is, the lead, this is, this is what's needed. At the heart connection. It's not like, oh, you've uh, got this uh, great ministry and, you know, we can do this together. There was this heart connection. He says, if you are with me, my heart is yours, as your heart is mine. And they said, oh, and he said, but if you have come to betray me to my enemies, even though my hands have done no wrong, may the God of our ancestors look on it and judge. But the Spirit enveloped Amasai, chief of the 30, and he said, we are yours, David, we are with you, son of Jesse. So there were more people that were coming to David. Verse 19, some... um, Manassites defected to David, and they had a skill set. It goes on to say, Judites, Simeonites, Levites, Benjamites, Ephraimites. A lot of, lot of ites, isn't there? What was that? Vegemites. Issacharites, Zebulun, Naphtali, Danites, Asher, Reubenites, Gadites. There were people coming from all over the place. And they were being united under the leadership of David, the man after God's own heart. All these warriors lined up in battle formation, came to Hebron wholeheartedly determined to make David king over Israel. There are leaders in the body of Christ. There are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. There are leaders. But you know what? We are coming together under Jesus. We are coming together under Jesus, determined to make his name great and that his kingship would be noticed by everybody in this region and in this nation. Is there an amen? How cool is that? You know, stuff happens. I just want to bring this up. You know, David, with his mighty men, performed mighty exploits. And in fact, there was a time of peace after they did everything that they did. But they had battles. And and as you do the journey, there is there there is always an opportunity to break fellowship. The enemy will always present an opportunity to break fellowship. And this happened. And this helps us to realize that they were a family. It says in 1 Samuel 30, David and his men arrived in Ziklag on the third day and the Amalekites had raided the Negev and attacked and burned Ziklag. They had kidnapped the women and the children in it from the youngest to the oldest. They had killed no one, praise God, 
but had carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men arrived at the town, they found it burnt down, and their wives, sons, and daughters had been kidnapped. And David and the troops went with him, uh, sorry, the troops with him wept loudly until they had no strength left to weep. They wept because they were family. The warriors, the wives, the children, David, people from every tribe that were together, they wept because they were family and they were so grieved at what had happened to their family. And sometimes happens that they, as it happened here, they went to turn on David and they were going to, they, they were going to, Bring down David. They were going to stone David. They were going to... Yeah, you know the story. David was in an extremely difficult position, it says, because the troops talked about stoning him because they are all bitter over the loss. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Then the story goes on that David and they gathered together and they, they got everything back. But see, when I was reading that yesterday, the Lord just continued to keep showing me family. What about when David was there and he goes, oh, I wish I could drink from the well of Bethlehem. I just want to drink from the well. I just want to drink that beautiful water. What happened? Three men went and got the water. He, as the leader, he didn't say, hey, Kathy, can you please go and get me some water? Sal, can you go help? Julie, can you go help? He didn't say that. He was just going, oh, I wish I could drink from the well of Bethlehem. There was such a relationship. There was such family connection that these three men risked their lives through enemy, enemy territory to go and get the water for David. Such was their love for David and such was David's love for them. And God is wanting to work in our hearts that we would have such love for one another. And when I say us, I, you know, you obviously know it goes further than that. But that we would have such love for one another that we would do anything for one another. Amen? That, that is when unity starts to happen. It, unity is not about an event. Unity is about a heart position. Just as worship is a heart position before God, unity is our heart position before one another. That is unity. David and his men had unity. The enemy would try to do something to cause a, a fracture, but they had unity. The people, people in Genesis 11 had unity. And there was a thing, the impossible things became possible. And we have unity because we've all received the Spirit of Christ. Amen? There was a synergy that was taking place. The early church, they were united together. They were brought together by the Spirit of God for the cause of the gospel. And in the same way, the Lord is putting a call out for people to assemble and different ministries to start to partner together for the cause of the gospel, for the cause of the kingdom of heaven. Is there an amen? Because I believe that the Lord is not just looking at individuals. Yes, He does. He knows the numbers of hairs on our head. He is concerned about every individual. But I see Him looking at cities. I see Him looking at regions. And I see Him looking at nations. And He's looking for a people who will allow Him to, to mold them into a people to become His people for such a time as this.
I think we're nearly done. So will we, will we allow the Lord to unite us more? Will we allow the Lord to work in us that we will become family more? Will we allow the Lord to connect us that we could prefer the other over ourselves? And that we would be each other's greatest supporters, in a sense. Greatest encouragers. Will we allow the Lord to connect us so that we work together? So that each part knows what the other part is doing for the cause of the kingdom. I want to just finish with this. The music team, you can, um, you can come. I want to just read a couple of verses from the book of Haggai. Who loves the book of Haggai? Come on. I do. Man, there's so much richness and treasure in the book of Haggai. Again, the language. Just, just look at the language. It's everywhere in Scripture. The Lord of the army says this. These people say... The time has not come for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. You know, there are people even in this nation that are saying that today, it's not time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Because apathy is speaking louder. Complacency is speaking louder. Self-centeredness is speaking louder. And lack of faith or unbelief, put it that way, is speaking louder. But the Lord is saying, it is time for my house to be rebuilt. And, of course, we're not talking about bricks and mortar. We're talking about people being built together by living stones to become a holy temple together. Amen? The word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai, and he says, Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your own luxury paneled houses whilst my house remains a ruin? Now, the Lord of armies says this, Think carefully about your ways. You've planted much but harvested little. You eat but you never have enough to be satisfied. You drink but you never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes but you never have enough to keep warm. You earn wages but you put them into a bag with a hole in it. Give careful thought to your ways. You see, this is about a people that were building their own houses rather than building the house of the Lord. And this is why I believe that there will be a coming together of ministries. There will, there will be a coming together of fivefold ministries. There will be even a coming together of different fellowships because we are not building our own house. We are building the house of the Lord. And we're seeing some of the things in our nation because we've allowed things to divide us and keep us separate. But as we come together as family, we're going to see things turn around and we are already seeing things turn around. So the Lord spoke to the people. And this is the best thing we can do. It says the entire remnant, or it says Zerubbabel and Joshua, and the entire remnant of the people obeyed the word of the Lord. That is the best thing we can do, amen. When God is speaking to us, the best thing we can do is go, yep, we're in. I'm, I'm jumping in. No procrastination, no putting off until tomorrow. No, I'm in. And the Lord, so the people did that. It was like, can we just visualize it for a minute? They stand up and, and the Lord is speaking to them and they go, yes, Lord, we're in. So they take a step forward and they take a step into it. Amen. And then the Lord says to them, this is what he says, I am with you. Doesn't that sound like the Great Commission? He says, go, take a step. Go and make disciples of nations. Of nations, nations, nations. And he says, and I'm with you. 
So here they were, they heard the word of the Lord, they obeyed the word of the Lord, they stepped into it, and the Lord says, I am with you. Be strong. He says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Joshua, be strong. All you people be strong, for I am with you. How cool is that? And he says, which I thought was really interesting, once more in a little while I'm going to shake the heavens and I'm going to shake the earth. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all nations will come and I will fill this house with my glory. Do you know what the treasure of every nation is? It's the people. He will fill his house with his glory. As people come together for every tribe, every background, every nation, he is filling his house with his glory. Amen. And he says this, which I love. He says, the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. We are on God's timetable. Amen. We are on God's timetable. Amen? Amen. So let's be like David's army that came together. Let's be like the Avengers and come together for the name of Jesus Christ and the purpose of his kingdom. Amen? Amen. So Lord, we want to thank you for what you are doing across the nations at such a time as this. As our eyes are on you, Lord, you are speaking, you are directing God. We don't want to put our hands on it. We want to leave our hands off it. We, we want to see what you are doing and we want to join you. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And in the same way, Lord, we want to see what you are doing and we want to join you. Amen. We want to see your name, Jesus, glorified in this city, this region, this state, this nation. It is yours. It is yours. It is yours. And we are your people. And we stand for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the cause of the kingdom. Amen. So, Lord, we ask that you would give us humility where we need humility. You would give us love where we need, where we need love. And, that, Lord, that, Lord, you would give us honor where we need honor. Lord, that we would be the family that you called us to be. And that this would extend throughout this region and this state and this nation. That we would be one people together under Jesus Christ. Amen.